best way to learn Retracing your steps till you know Welcome back to Empowered Former LDS, the podcast. I'm Wendy Jensen, and I'm here with my co-host, Glenn Oslin. And this is episode six. It's with our guest, Gary McKee. And I titled it The Courage to Change because Gary, well, he's a pillar in his community, as you're going to find out. And I'm just so impressed with his courage to change. He has He's at a time in his life where the complacency and the conformity and the compliance just wasn't going to do for him. And so he took the leap and he followed his pioneer ancestors who settled the land there in Utah. And he's traveling his own unknown territory and into this space in his life that's unfamiliar. And he's really had some inspiring courage to change. If you enjoy this podcast, come join us in the Facebook group, Empowered Former LDS. We would love to hear your story on how you are feeling more empowered every day. So here you are with Gary McKee. Okay, so yeah, I am an Idaho boy uh, from a little town, Income, uh, farm boy, ranch boy, that kind of a thing. Uh, number eight of 10 kids. My father is a convert to the church, very hard fought uh, convert because his, his father was very anti-Mormon and uh, he always thought that his father would turn over in his grave to find out that he joined the church. But he married, a, you know, my father married a Mormon girl uh, after having six kids, decided to join the church after, you know, 12 or 13 sets of missionaries. He's very well known in that little town as the hardest guy to get, you know, to be baptized and and uh, he already had six kids by then. Um, when I came along, I'm number eight. And uh, then there was two more kids after me. So um, uh, we, uh, in a farm setting, whatever, in 10 kids, you, a lot of time was spent to try to, you know, probably capture attention in that large of a group. <laughs> and I, I think I saw myself as that way. And certainly I found out in a hurry if uh, the family really almost worshipped the missionaries. So that was my goal is to be, a, you know, the, just the best missionary that ever happened. And uh, I was born into the church, uh, you know, and my mom and dad were both uh, married in the temple by the time I was born. So it was just the way of life by the time I came around. And uh, um, my biggest weird question came up in second grade. I had an incident where my best friend, uh, you know, or, or certainly a good friend that I spent a lot of time with in elementary was... Uh, was uh, black and uh, um, uh, we spent a lot of time together and I am invited into primary and he came back to school the next day and just like, I cannot believe you did that to me and told me that, you know, my church uh, doesn't allow him to even go into his temple, into their temples, that my church doesn't allow him to have the priesthood that I'm going to have when I'm 12 and, 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 and 18 and, you know, and blah, 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 and elder and all that. And uh, why would you invite me to, into a church that, you know, doesn't, you know, that hates blacks. And I was just, uh, I was like that my church does not do that. There's just no way. <laughs> <laughs> so I went home and uh, sure enough, my church does. <laughs> and my parents, you know, explained to me that, Hey, we don't know what happened in the pre-earth life, but we think, you know, what, what happened is there was, you know, the black people, there was something that, uh, that, that, you know, that, that came up, you know, that pretty much taught me that, well, it wasn't pretty much, it was much, it was that, that they did something wrong in the pre-earth life. And uh, that's what I was taught. And uh, that that's why that they don't have the same blessings that, that, that we have. And, uh, and, and it's immediately, and I didn't know this at the time, but, and when I think back, I immediately became a racist. I didn't know I'd, I'd done that because to him, to me, that's still my best friend. I just had to, but then I didn't know what to explain when I went back to him. I was just like, uh, you know what? I talked to my parents and I didn't, I had no idea what to say. I mean, you're, you're in second grade. What do you say? How do you tell your black friend? How do you explain that to him? I, I didn't know how to. And so I just, we gradually fell further and further apart and we quit being friends because we didn't know what to do with each other. I, I didn't know how to treat a human that had done something wrong with a pre-earth life, you know, to the point where they couldn't go to our temples. Uh, I, I, you know, it was weird. So 
that was my best, or, or excuse me, that was my first um, question going, what, what? That doesn't feel right. <laughs> I mean, what this, my friend is just black. That's it. He's just, but everything else he's, he's a good, you know, I, we get along or, you know, so that, you know, so, so then I was the inquisitive child. I read the book of Mormon twice before I went, got into high school. And, uh, and I was known as um, a very, uh, uh, you know, very Mormon kid. You know, I was the guy that mostly kept the rules, mostly did what was asked, never missed church, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I didn't fight it then, but, I, but I did have questions and, and which is why I read the book of Mormon twice before I even hit high school. And, um, I would say that there was a lot of attention given when you would say to the family, Hey, you know, I, that felt really good. Yeah. I, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I like going to do baptisms for the dead. I, you know, any, anything of that nature, you got a lot of attention and, and, uh, and, and I had, uh, four older brothers that went on missions and boy, I mean, they, they, it was almost like we treat them like gods, <laughs> you know, my sisters, not so much, but my brothers and, and, and they will all, we'll all admit that, you know, they were treated pretty, you know, like, oh my gosh, everything was about the missionaries, missionaries, this missionaries that we, you know, I, uh, I, I, you know, I would, get, I remember my little brother getting a shirt, you know, that said future missionary that, you know, everything was about, you know, missionary work and, and the blessings of missionary work and blessings to our family because we had missionaries and, and, you know, how wonderful it was that, you know, we were converting the world as we went to different parts of the world and Japan and Sweden and Colorado and California and Florida, you know, and uh, helping all these, you know, poor people that needed our help and to be, you know, and, and then, but then I remember another instance where all of a sudden uh, I never could, well, but what, what I, I never did say to someone is like, I know this church is true because I never did get, could get that feeling. I never could get that. Okay. I have a confirmation. This book of Mormon is true. Uh, there were some good things I'd feel as I was reading some of the stories. Uh, but, but I never did really could get that confirmation. I even went up. So I went on my mission and I remember thinking, uh, you know, gosh, I, I, uh, I really need to do that. You know, that's really got to happen for me. So I remember trying in the MTC, you know, trying to get that confirmation, praying so hard and never could get it, you know? And I thought, well, you know, I probably, you know, I, I've got a little sin in my life. Maybe I just got to wait till I, I, you know, can cleanse that out of me. <laughs> and, and so, you know, my mission, we go on with the mission. I was a hardworking missionary. I slept maybe five, six hours a night, studied and worked hard and, you know, it was the first month on my mission. I was, you know, I had, I had the top baptizer on the, you know, so the mission letter comes out. Yeah, it was Gary McKee, top baptizer with 11 baptisms, his first month and a half out. And da, 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 you know, and, and so, I cried. Uh, I got to stop you here for a minute, Gary. Hold on. So you are this top superstar missionary, but you, you haven't had a confirmation of the truthfulness of the book yourself. That is absolutely correct. What I would testify of and what I would talk about and what I would push is going, this church is really good for your family. You know, there's some, there's some really good things in this book, both of these books, the Bible and the Book of Mormon. This is where the, you know, and I would teach them, this is where, you know, Christ came to the earth again to the Native Americans and, and taught them. And, you know, so I would teach, I teach all that, but I never could look at them and say, hey, I know this Book of Mormon is true. <laughs> so, but, but what I could testify to is it was so good for my family and we were close and we love each other. And, did it, and that's, that was, a, you know, that's how I would try to attract you know, and to be a good missionary. So, yeah. Wow. And, and right here at this, this place too, I find it curious that the reason you hadn't had a confirmation that you, you blamed yourself. Yes. Yeah, of course. I think I have, you were doing everything life. you, you had obviously read it multiple times. Yeah. You were going on I, your mission. You were doing all the things. I, hadn't had no, I wasn't a pit. I was not a perfect kid. I was not, I, sure. you know, but I, I, I was, but I never drank. I never, you know, I mean, I never smoked. I never drank. I never had sex with my girlfriend, you know, I mean, <laughs> but you know, don't get me wrong. I was not perfect. I, I had my stuff, but uh, you know, that was, but I could not, I, I, I thought there was must be something in, in my past that is keeping me from getting this confirmation. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Always uncomfortable at a testimony. <laughs> huh. Isn't that curious? 
So after, after your mission, you come home and you were a superstar, Gary, and I imagine you did all the things that got married yeah. in the temple. And yeah, yeah. So I'm going, okay, I'm a return missionary. Now I didn't, I, another big thing. This is a big thing. Before I went on my mission, I went to the temple with my sister, my best friend in life. She, uh, we went on the, the same day together. She got married the same. And my, my first day in the temple was the day she got married. So we, we decided to go through this Idaho Falls temple together. That was the weirdest experience I've ever had in my entire life. I was uncomfortable the whole time. I didn't understand the concepts that I was not prepared at all. I just really wasn't, I, you know, and, and I'm not blaming anybody for that. I mean, I, I don't know. How do you prepare somebody for that? Especially where you're, where you, you're promising to, to not talk about it, you know, or, you know, back then, your promise was associated with slitting throats, slitting chests, slitting your guts out, you know, with promises of not talking. So I'm not blaming anybody that I wasn't really prepared, but I was not prepared. I went into there going, oh, my goodness, what is these robes? What is this thing? Why does it matter what what side I put my robe on? Why does it you know, what what is this fig leaf? Why are they? Why am I looking at people that are naked up on the screen? You know, why? Am, how does that make sense? I wh- how come I'm chanting? I, I've never always until this time, I'd never experienced Mormonism to, in that way. I'd always experienced it in a, you know, hey, this is a loving thing. You, 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 you know, worship Christ and you and you come together as a family and you live for and you're, you're forever as a family, you know, and all of a sudden we're chanting and we're and we're doing ritual stuff. And I it just hit me. So I, I was it's, it, it was the most oddest thing I've ever experienced in my whole life for sure at that point I didn't know what to do uh, that's what I was going to ask did you ask somebody did you tell people how you know is there any debriefing done where you shared that that felt really uncomfortable or could you please explain this or did you just were you just left to yourself to try and figure it out let me tell exactly what happened so I'm going through and I'm uncomfortable the whole time in fact my new brother-in-law uh, bumped me and says, Hey, I forgot our name. I said, and I was like, what are you talking about? You forgot. You can't, I, my name's different than your name. And I can't tell you my name. And, and you, they just, we just promised everybody we weren't going to tell each other. So he's bumping me and whispering to me and going, Hey, tell me what our name is. I'm going, no, I, I, well, that's not, that's not going to do you any good. And he says, like, no, no, we all get the same name today. I was like, what? <laughs> so that, because I thought I had a special new name, you know, so I thought, well, at least that's, you know, I, this is my, the new me, I guess. And that's, that's, I'll, I'll, I'll figure this out. I, you know, I was a determined soul. I mean, I was a kid that, you know, at 13, I had my own, uh, started my own ranch and brand and checkbook. And I was an independent determined soul for some reason. And, uh, um, and, and at that point in time, I was determined to figure out why this is uh, there. This was going to be awesome for me somehow. I just got to figure out how, you know, because I didn't see another option. So, it was very odd all the way up through, you know, doing your thing you do to come through the veil. And that was very odd for me. And then, but once I got through the veil, well, here's all my family and that beautiful room and, and the, and the mirrors that go forever. And it was a beautiful, just a beautiful sight. So what do I do? Oh yeah, that was so awesome. This is great. <laughs> and I lie out my teeth and, 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 and I didn't know what else to do. But, it, but I had a, that was a very uncomfortable experience, the whole thing. But I will admit when I got in there with my family I'm going, well, if they've got it all figured out, I can figure this out. And I'll just, I'll just tell them that, yes, I, this is just a wonderful thing. And that's the way I did it. So then I go on my mission, I come back and I still got all these questions about the temple. So I, so I've decided, I decided going, we're going to go once a month, you know, until I figure this out. Well, so we do. We go, I mean, I, you know, I get it all down. I memorize the whole thing. And, you know, I can, I'm one of those guys that could go through and never need help and just, you know, do the whole, the whole temple thing without, you know, and I had the whole thing down and I, for the life of me, I still couldn't figure it out. So trying to, you know, again, try to do this in five minutes is really difficult, but I become eventually, eventually uh, three or four years into my marriage and uh, life. Cause I got married. I got married at 21 right after I got off my mission, probably six months. No, no, no. It'd be, it'd be nine, nine to 10 months after I got home, I was married. Wow. And uh, yeah. And, and, uh, and jumped into trying to figure out this temple thing, trying to figure out church, 
And I finally got frustrated and I said, you know what, I'm, I'm done. I, I don't, you know, so I became my first inactive then. So then I was inactive for four or five years and, uh, and then this, uh, maybe six years, uh, at, you know, six or seven years, maybe, uh, I, and I'm sorry, I don't remember. It's five to seven years, somewhere in there. And I moved to this little town, Lake town, Utah, and this Bishop comes to me and, you know, I'm a fairly, I'm not, uh, I'm not shy, <laughs> So they, you know, and in Lake Town in the summers, you have crowds of, uh, you know, five to 800 people that come to your, your Sunday school classes for your, your, uh, oh, for heaven's sakes, I'm starting to, <laughs> what's the main class? Uh, oh, the gospel uh, doctrine. Gospel doctrine. Yeah. Like the yeah, summer so, seasons. Yeah. So the summer season, you get five to five or 600 people, 700, 800, sometimes at your gospel doctrine classes. So you have to have somebody that's not, you know, intimidated and shy and, you know, so they asked me to be the gospel doctrine teacher, even though I've been inactive for years. And so that's what, so I become active again. I, uh, I'm, I'll never forget because we, you know, Elder Cook lives in our ward <laughs> and uh, a couple of other heavy hitters that were, you know, that are, uh, were over all the health of the church. Uh, one of them was a partner to uh, President Nelson, heart doctor partner. Um, we had some, pretty, we have some pretty heavy hitters in this little town. And uh, according to church, you know, heavy hitters. And um, so I stood up in front of everybody and I hold, held up the Book of Mormon because that's what we were learning or studying that year and going, uh, you know, this is going to be a little odd for you. I've got permission to, I'm going to go through this, maybe not following exactly the, uh, the Sunday school manual because I want to hit this word for word, chapter by chapter. And if y'all want to come along with me, I want to find out if this book is true or not. And, you know, that was <laughs> not what that summer crowd was ready ready to hear at that point in time, you know, and, and, or, or that crowd or what, you know, there was a, I guess that was mostly, that was not a summer crowd. It was a, uh, it was just a ward, but it was, there was a lot of people in there and they didn't, they didn't, you know, I think I kind of took them back for a second and then, and then they kind of got fun with it. They had fun, very much fun. They're going, man, this is, this is really, you know, uh, from a different point of view than we've ever, I says, yeah, let's study this and let, let's not just assume it's true. Can we just not assume that and kind of study it? And, uh, and, and it was kind of a fun year for him, I think. And, and, you know, and we bumped into the doctrine of Jacob too. And, and, uh, uh, section, which is, this is another shelf problem for me that I put up on the shelf. I didn't know and eventually broke my shelf, but it was the whole Jacob two, uh, uh, and section 132 issue of the same, very same prophets you're talking about in Jacob two. It was absolutely abomination before God to have multiple wives. And in, and in section 132, all of a sudden it was okay for Joseph Smith to have multiple wives talking about the same prophets and Joseph Smith saying the only reason that the, the, that King David was wrong is because he sent Uriah to the front lines. Other than that, it would have been fine. And, and you know, Uriah was sent to the front lines to be killed so he could have his wife. That was the, what made it wrong is that King David sent, you know, when you study 132, it, it, it explains that. So, you know, that, but it's a definitely a con conflict between Jacob two and section 132. And I'm going, Hey guys, help me out with this. <laughs> and no one really could. And I've asked many, many people since. And, and of course there's really no answers except for, Hey, we, you know, the, re the, the answer you get is, you know, we, we, we can't know everything in this, you know, we just, we, we, we just will never be, be able to know everything in this, you know, and I'm going, Hey, wait, hold on here. I'm not asking who God's God is here. <laughs> I'm just asking, how come Jacob 2 and section 132 don't coincide? They're talking about the same principle, the same exact principle. And I'm, this is, I, I don't, I don't get it, you know? So um, yeah, that was another big shelf breaker. And then eventually I stayed active. My family got very active. I, I, uh, you know, frankly, I was having fun uh, uh, with, with that. And, and my kids got enjoyed primary and they started enjoying young, young men's and young women. And I just stayed. Now I wasn't ever, I never, during that whole time, not once could I ever say the Book of Mormon's true. Joseph Smith is a prophet. I know God and Jesus came to him. I always had issues with that. I couldn't get to the bottom of that. I have never been able to get up and, and say in a testimony, I know this church is true. Never once have I ever done that. I couldn't. I, I couldn't. I've never had confirmation ever. But I stayed active and I become, you know, eventually the young men's president. But, you know, uh, they all knew I had questions. So of course that stopped me from being a bishop and all that stuff. Like all, but all my brothers were moving up in ranks and they were bishops and stake presidents. And I had a brother that was a mission president and, and all of that. And, uh, uh, but I, I, yeah, I just, my testimony just wasn't there. 
and I fought it and fought it and fought it. And eventually a good friend of mine said, listen, Gary, I can see the pain on your face as you sit in church. And it was a friend and, and, and going, you know, your dad's struggling. And why don't you go visit your, your, your dad's two hours away? Why don't you go visit him on Sundays? And, and I took that advice and I did that. And, uh, and that was one of the best things I ever did in my life. And I, and I, I quit going to church and every Sunday I'd go visit my dad and take him to coffee, which is a whole nother thing. Uh, we take breakfast and coffee and my dad, you know, as soon as my mom passed away, he went back to having a cup, cup of coffee or, or two a day. And uh, he eventually lost his temple recommend because he was having it at 86. I believe he was, he lost his temple recommend. Finally, a bishop says, I can't give you a temple recommend if you're going to have a cup of coffee. And he was like, you got to be kidding me. I'm 86. My body is fighting heart problems and all this stuff. And you're going to keep that from me for a cup of coffee. So I can't go. And the only reason he wanted to keep his temple or the large reason I should say, is I quoting my father is he wanted to see his grandkids get married because he had a lot of, he's got 75 grandkids and, and she's uh, great grandkids. He's got like up to 130. We were in the church news once because dad had 10 missionaries out at the same time. 10 grandkids out at the same time. And, and there was a record, a church record at that time. So yeah, 10 missionaries all at once <laughs> out in the mission field. So, you know, anyway, that's uh, but dad struggled with that. And, and he and I had a lot of great conversations. I, and, and, and I learned a lot uh, right before he passed away. So I spent 10 months uh, every Sunday going up and spending some very quality time with him, a very wonderful quality time. And, uh, and we had some great conversations and I found out he had some questions that I had and it was a beautiful thing. And we became even closer than I, I was before. So that's my, I know that took longer than five minutes, but, the, and, and, and then that was, the, and once I started doing that with my dad, that was it. I never came back. I was done. So in, in the survey that you, you took, um, I just had a question that come, that came up for me. And that is like, what is the moment that you decided, you know, this isn't working for me? What was going on for you? Just that, that one epic little moment in your life where you said, this is not for me. Uh, I, I can't, well, maybe it did. If I put that in the survey, I don't remember. I'm trying to remember because um, to me, it was like a bunch of moments that culminated to a final uh, moment when I'm going, I, I, I'm done. And it was after I'd gone and seen, seen my dad for quite a few Sundays. And, and then the beautiful thing was, as soon as I, soon as that moment hit me and I'm going, I can admit to myself that I absolutely have done enough. I have enough questions and there's enough facts in place that I've found facts, not just guessing but actual facts there in place that, that so much church history that is messed up. And I, and I couldn't figure out why it was hidden from me. And there became a day, I don't know exactly what day, but there became a day where I'm going, Oh, I absolutely know this church is not true. It's not true. It's not, it's, it's all a fallacy. And, and, it, and, you know, even though there's good things in it, it, it's not true. And then immediately what was so beautiful for me, and this is just like happened all in one day. Immediately, I'm going, oh, my gosh. I love everybody now. <laughs> I don't have to make him Mormon. I don't have to make him anything. I don't have to. All that stuff that I thought was true is not true. So I don't have to worry about whether someone's gay or not. doesn't matter. doesn't even matter. I don't have to worry about if they're Mormon or not because it doesn't matter. You know, they're, 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 uh, uh, I, if they're Christian, fine. If they're not. I, I don't care. There are good people out there all over, which is something I found on my mission. I was just amazed at how many incredible people out there uh, just so honest and upright. And they had nothing to do with the LDS church. And that was a, that was an eye opener for me when I went on my mission. That's amazing. Would you say that's the, the one thing that you really value after leaving them? Is that continued? Yes, absolutely. That's the most beautiful thing about it is that is that I don't have to make anybody anything. I don't have to be a missionary. <laughs> I don't have to worry about what, you know, even my own kids. I, 
I, I can, you know, I can love them if they stay in the church and get great things from it. I can love them if they're not. I can, you know, other people I meet, I can love them if they're part of it. I can love them if they're not, you know, I, um, and that's something that, that frankly, uh, your group has helped me with is at first you, because I had a, I had a, 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 a probably a, a full, uh, I had a while of being upset with the church, very upset because they didn't tell me all the facts. And so I had an anger time there that I had to get through. And, and I, you know, and, and I, it still pops up for me once in a while. It does, but, but um, I can, you know, now it's so much easier for me to just support because all my kids are very in and in. I have a, I have a, you know, son that's a, in stake high council. I have a, another boy that served in the, you know, the bishopric here in the ward here. And, and uh, you know, my daughter, very in and in my three, all three sons, very in and their spouses. They're very, very locked in with the church. And so now I can respect that and don't have to get in the way of that. They can, they can be part of that or not be part of that all they want. Uh, I have a daughter that's a senior in high school um, and, and she goes every, you know, most every Sunday. So, you know, it's just, and, 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 and I'm, and I, you know, and my wife does and all my siblings do, uh, frankly, except for one has become, uh, a little inactive, a little at a time, and his wife has left the church, and that's the only one in my all my siblings and their spouses. I have one one sibling that uh, his wife left, and uh, we've I've become you know pretty close to them. I mean, I remember him talking to me, and you know, and, and he called me as soon as he, his wife left the church. He's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I says, Well, here's my advice to you: Do not, if you want to keep stay married, <laughs> do not think that she's coming back because she's not. She's done. I, I just need you to understand that she's done. Once she, once she hits that, sh her shelf is broke. She's done, and she won't come back. So don't don't bugger about it. It's not going to happen. And and you're you're you know if you want to stay married, you're going to have to figure out how to do that with her not coming back to the church. You have some questions, Glenn? Not really. I I've just I've really enjoyed listening to this, Gary, mm -hmm. and especially what you just said about recognizing that your anger still pops up from time to time, but you're able to have these healthy relationships, especially with your children who are still in and accepting them wherever they're at. I, I guess the only question I have is, uh, can you think of any time recently where you did get upset at the church because it interfered with the relationship with your kids or anything like that? I can say that I heard as as you know a friend, a friend. I heard a story of a friend that you know, um, her, her teenager. Let's see. I don't. I don't know how to say this. I don't. You know. Maybe I better be careful about this. I'm just saying. I I still get upset if I hear something to do with uh, bishops meeting with teenagers about sexual mm. aspects including my i have a daughter that's a senior so i i've been very clear to them going don't ever meet with her alone just do yeah. not do that yeah. and i've made it that very clear and i said we'll get along long i'll let her go i'll let you know but i still have say with my daughter and that's not going to happen there's no need for you to ever interview her by herself no need. yeah okay so, yeah and so so things like that that that's very upsetting to me when i hear stories still where that's happening and uh, really horrible things come from that, uh, can, can, you know, can happen from that. If they say the wrong thing in that meeting, then all of a sudden it gets out to the public and all of a sudden they're in a mess socially. And, and, and it's just, uh, it's so wrong anyway, you know, so I, so when things like that pop up or, or, or things where, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the, uh, and Wendy helped me through that. Uh, uh, the, the, the guy that was at, uh, gave that to fireside. Um, I, Wendy, can you help me remember what that guy's name is? For it's the, the Brad Wilcox. Oh, Brad Wilcox. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm listening to that and I'm going, how can you just sit up there and say that, you know, and I get, and, and I'll, I'll admit, I got very angry again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not long-term, but as I'm listening to that going, how can you pompous soul just think that you can just say that? What if somebody here, you have a Buddha sitting right here and you're acting like they're, They've got some kind of disease because they're not LDS, you know? Yeah. And so there were so many things in that that just uh, kind of triggered me. But then when I saw a post that Wendy put and she was just in tears 
about this poor guy going, you know, he's probably going to be hung out to dry and, and his, and it, it's on every YouTube channel. <laughs> it's it's yeah. all over. And everybody is so controversial. And, and, and I love seeing how Wendy was passionate for, for thinking about how, you know, boy, he can't be having, he, he, he can't be having a great time in his life right now. Yeah. And, and, and it was so wonderful to see that and going, man, she's so right. You just, what about that poor soul? <laughs> Just, you know, yeah, yeah. It was. Well, it, it, was it sounds very, to me, Gary, like you, you're really committed to this idea of loving people and, and just like loving them, no matter if they're Mormon, if they're not Mormon. You know, like it's a it's a real kind of paradigm shift for you because even when you were on your mission, you wanted to love everyone. You wanted to be curious about people. You wanted to learn about where they are and what they're at and really appreciate that. And it sounds like you're learning how to do that. And that's become a more regular thing for you now. So I'm, I'm just curious, what, what is it like for you when you find yourself in those moments where you're triggered by a Brad Wilcox or these Bishop interviews? And does it, does it pull you out of that place of like loving or does it like, what, what, what's that experience like for you? Okay, that experience is, and it used to last a long time. Yeah. And then I have this wonderful life coach that taught me, mm-hmm. <laughs> that taught me going, do you want to spend time on that? You know, yeah. or do you want to go fishing? You want to spend time on that? Or not fishing's a bad example because I'm not a fisherman. <laughs> I'm a well, I'm a I'm a slalom skier. I'm a I'm a snowshoer. I'm a hiker. I'm a I'm a doer. I'd like to be out and I like to work. I like to work hard and I like to play hard. And that, and, and, and there's no room in that for me to be spending hours on going through the last 10, you know, things you can prove the church wrong on. Yeah. There's no time. For, there's no reason for that. Uh, you know, now it's tempting because it's so ingrained so deep in me, especially when everyone around me is part of that still. Yeah. So when I, when I see something, I'll read it but I don't stay mad for a long time. Uh, now I'm getting much better, but I'm not perfect. I getting much better at spending more time going, do what you want to do. Don't spend time on this. Don't read that for an hour. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, don't certainly, and I never have, and, and my kids have, I think my kids were scared to death of me. So I got the whole, Hey, you seem darker now, dad. And you seem better. You know, I, I got all that, you know, that they think is, you know, they, that's never been said before. <laughs> and uh, I got all that, but my best comeback was all, I have 13 grand kids and they all love me. They all just love me. And I, you know, and they pointed out to them, my kids, I says, Hey, listen, if I'm so dark, why in the world when they come walking into the house, they come running over and saying poppy and jumping into my arms and, and playing with me. And they don't see anything dark with me at all. Kids see through all that stuff. I can't fake that. And, and that was a good, great thing for me to talk with my kids about. And my siblings, by the way, because my f- siblings were saying some of that too. And you, and you start to believe a little bit when everyone's saying that. And then, but when I, when I realized that I'm going, no, I'm not dark. I, you know, and, and all of a sudden now I, uh, someone else, you know, threw this principle out to me, go find one person a day and just make a difference to them. Smile yeah. bigger, talk a little longer. Don't just go through the line, watch a struggling single mom that's sitting there and, and you can pick them out in Walmart. You can find them. They're, they're, they have their, they have two piles, their have tos and their want tos. And they're sitting there looking at the totals and saying, Ooh, can I get, you know, is it, is it going to go over my budget? And you reach over and you stick your card in there and buy the thing for them and make their day, you know, yeah. and that, you know, cause, cause they're in a different life. They're 20 and single or whatever. They got, just got divorced, you know, and they got, you can see they got problems and money problems and, and, you know, and, and I, I don't have that right now. And, and you know, a hundred bucks to them is like a, a everything. You know, yeah. a, a guy, a guy I saw that was, uh, you know, how they get those uh, guys that'll uh, hold up the signs as they're doing road work. Yeah. And they, they'll go grab those temporary workers that are just standing there waiting for to go work for the day. Well, yeah. the poor guy, I mean, it was cold. It was a cold bear like day like it is today. And he was in the canyon holding his sign up and he had, he had no gloves, no hat, stupid tennis shoes on, freezing to death. And so instead of just going by him, you know, I stopped my truck grab boots, put boots on him, put my, my insulated gloves on him, stuck a hat on him and gave him a hundred bucks, stick in his pocket and took off. I never used to do that yeah. because I paid my tithing. I never used to do that because I went to church, thought I had it all figured out that way. 
I figured the church would take care of all those people out there. I didn't. And now it's so much fun to just watch and find one person. And I don't have to worry about whether they're Mormon or not, or I don't have to worry about, oh, I'll do this for him so I can teach him, get the missionaries over to his house. I don't care about any of that anymore. I just want to love Pete. You know, I mean, and now don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect. I'm sounding like I'm a, some kind of saint. I'm not. I am a loud guy. I, I'm very, uh, uh, I'm, I'm a little brutal when it comes to real estate deals uh, because I, you know, I, I have a very successful brokerage and, and I'm a little uh, very outspoken when it's important for me to negotiate. So I'm not a saint, but this has helped me become a better person. I am far from perfect. But this whole concept has helped me become a better person and helping a person once in a while and doing something for them. That's wonderful. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, and you did mention that in your survey, that, that made, that's the main thing that you love about leaving is that it's encouraged that your natural ability to just love other people. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's, it, it's so much more fun. Um, so I, I have this, this question for you in your survey, you mentioned you were kind of lower on the scale in your ability to trust yourself and trust others. So how do you reconcile the trust and the love? Because you seem like such a loving person, yeah. but yet there is, uh, it seems to be this trust thing. You, you know, and I don't know where where that's come from and maybe it's i don't know if it's my you know um uh if it's my life experiences up to now because i um you know i've had a lot of you know <laughs> another big factor that happened to me is i i lost eight hundred thousand dollars cash to a group of individuals that was you know, first counselor to stake high, stake, you know, stake presidency, uh, elders corn president, and da, 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 in my surrounding area. And I put too much trust in that. And, 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 you know, by the way, that was not their fault. That was my fault. That was my own. Uh, I get that. That was my own. Uh, uh, I, I was too quick to, to listen to their promises of 20% returns on my money and da, 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 da. And I didn't do my homework that, you know, so, so I made that sound like it was all the church's fault. Nope. That was my fault that I didn't do my, I didn't do my homework. I didn't uh, make them live up to their promises and it didn't matter whether they were in church or not, but, but that was certainly, I think some of those experiences are probably, probably hit my trust button pretty heavily. And then the church, certainly, um, you know, all those years, my whole life, I, I was just sure that it was true. I just, you know, I just wasn't um, spiritual enough to have that confirmation yet. And uh, so then you, you, you spend your life, your whole life, trusting that all that information was correct. Oh, I'll never forget. I did one subdivision, you know, because I'm a developer, you know, land developer broker. And I uh, did, did a subdivision and I named it Mountain Meadows. And oh, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I'd never heard the story. So now this, now forever, there's a subdivision in Bear Lake called Mountain Meadows. <laughs> I can't change it. I recorded it. It will forever, you know. And so I would I was getting some snickers. Then and, and no, I, no one in my family knew about that story. I mean, you know, all these very active people, no one knew that. You don't have and, a, like and, a JD Lee Boulevard or anything like that. Yeah, no, no that. we don't have that. <laughs> That's good. But it is called Rockwell <laughs> Avenue. Rockwell Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't go that far, but it is called Mountain Meadows. Yeah. So, you know, and and so you feel you feel uh, trust thing, you know, there was a big thing that happened there because in my whole life, I put my, uh, a lot of trust in, in that, that every Sunday I was being taught the right thing. Going on a mission, I was being taught the right thing. Uh, you know, MTC, so how powerful things were in there, you know, that I was taught the right thing. And then you find out that, n no, they left a lot of information out. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, you know, but I'm working on it. Well, let, let me, let me ask you this, Gary, are, are you happy with where you are right now in your life right today? Uh, I got some things that I'm working on that I want to be, so I, that I'm happier than I am right now, but yeah, I, you know, generally I, I have no regrets. Um, my kids are being so much better with me now because at first it was very hard. They were scared to death. They, I think they thought I was going to spend most of my time trying to talk them out of getting out of the church. Mm -hmm. and now that they see that I don't spend any time on that at all. I think that's really helped. 
Yeah. So, and, 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 and you know what, and I just tell them, I'm going, cause I don't have any answers. I'm going, listen, I'm not going to harp on you guys, how you're doing the wrong thing. I don't have all the answers about what happens in the next life either. I don't have them, Yeah. you know, so I'm not going to act like I do and tell you to get out of the church. Yeah. You do you, I'll do me and we can love each other anyway. And it's, and, and they're being so lately, it's just been so good. And my siblings, oh my gosh, I, I, I that are all very, very, very active. And, uh, you know, that I got mission presidents and I got bishops and I got uh, a stake patriarch <laughs> and, and, you know, and yada, yada. And, and we had a, a family meeting the other day and they were so loving with me and so just accepting. And, and it was, it was really good. I think they figured out also that I haven't become this, you know, person that, you know, wanted to just get out of the church to go on a sin, you know, deal or something or on a, or, and, and then I was going to go on a tirade to pull them all out. And I think they trust now that, you know, it's okay. You guys stay in, just love me and let me be out. That's great. <laughs> I'm happy, you know, so that's, that's been good. So, yeah. so, so has Wendy helped you get to the point yet where you can look back at the things that the church taught you? And even, you know, like I hear you say, they were teaching me things that they weren't true. They weren't teaching me things. They were leaving things out where you can look back at that whole experience and say, wow, I'm really grateful that they didn't teach me the things that they didn't teach me because I needed to learn those things in other ways. Or I'm really grateful that uh, I got to see what it's like to to say Jesus says love everyone, but then not to actually do Jesus says love everyone (laughs) because that made me go, I really do want to love everyone. Have, Have you gotten to that? point yet of of looking at the church and all those experiences like you know you said you'd have no regrets so that you're kind of glad that you were a member of the church well i um i should be careful how i say i have no regrets because that's (laughs) that that's really not true i do have regrets you know uh, that you know so so good correction good correction i do have some regrets because there's so much time i spent on worrying about what people thought instead of just taking care of what was going on inside my own body, inside my own mind mm. and, and, and being true to that. So I've, I've got regrets that I didn't do that sooner, mm. but, but, uh, but, but there's no reason to spend time and energy on yeah. having that no regrets, but I, I don't, I don't want to lie to you either and say, I don't have that come up for me. It does come up for me. Why, why do, didn't but, you, why didn't you do that sooner, Gary? I, I think, you know, I think it's mostly worrying about whether other people think, you know, I mean, I, you know, wearing garments forever <laughs> because, uh, you know, people can tell people if you're not, you know, uh, uh, going to church because, you know, I, I, I live in a, in a community full of, you know, that's 90% LDS and most of them active. Yeah. And, and I think there was a fear of losing my business. Yeah, I did. I mean, the real fear. Yeah. Uh, so, my, so you were, you were life. So you, is it fair to say that you were, you were making the best of the situation that you had, you, you were really doing the best with what you knew at the time. And it, it took you some experiences to get to that point where you're like, ah, this isn't feeling right. I need to make some shifts. I need to make some changes. And you really couldn't make those shifts or changes until you got to that point. Yeah. And, and which is true. But I, but I also don't want to act like I'm, I'm, I am a, I would say I'm a baby, uh, a newborn to yeah. that concept. Okay. I'm sure. working on that and yeah. I'm getting better at it. Okay. But I'm, 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 you know, I just want to, I want to answer that honestly. And so I'm not, uh, that's, that's my new area that we're tackling. Okay. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I like that answer. Thanks, Gary. Yeah. Yeah. I love what, what I hear about your story, Gary, is that people are so messy and they mess up and they're just still lovable. Which is so true, right? And even, you know, looking back at your own past and being able to forgive yourself and forgive what happened to you. And you just have this genuine desire to just want to get back to love. And that yeah. same determination you had as a 13-year-old, creating your own business and having your own checking account and being the most fabulous missionary <laughs> out there doing what it is, what's expected of you, that really when you come to your heart center, 
it really is. You want to get to that place of love, love for yourself and love for others. And you can hear it in your story and your genuine um, desire to be honest. And I just love your story. I love all that you share with us. Yeah. You know, when you're saying what you did just now reminds me of an answer because I did start out that way. I've been like the best, best missionary ever. And everyone thought I was going to be, you know, I mean, you get into onto a mission. It's so funny. Everything has, of course, I'm one that competes. I've just always have, you know, I compete in business. I compete in sports. I compete in, I, I, I when I'm biking, I, you know, I've, I've loved to learn to road bike. And then when I'm biking, I compete. I I'm, I'm almost horrible that way. But, and I, so I was on my mission competing and, 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 and so everyone just thought, oh, Gary's going to be the, he'll be AP for sure. You know, assistant to the president, he'll be this, he'll be his own leader in three months and da, 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 da. And, you know, and, and, as, and, and all of a sudden I was transferred to an area and the mission president called me and says, Gary, I need an Idaho boy over here in Orlando and uh, got a struggling district that, you know, is really struggling and, and uh, they're not keeping the rules at all. And I needed to go in there and you're, you're Mr. Rule Follower. I need to go in there and straighten all that out. I get over there and I find three pretty decent missionary because his own is like, you know, four of you. And I find three pretty, you know, decent people that probably don't have strong testimonies. <laughs> and, and they, and they spent a lot of time trying to uh, uh, push your budding buttons, push, you know, just push people's buttons and, and, you know, have their hair just a little bit longer. And, uh, and, and I says, guys, I can't, I, we got to just keep the rules or, you know, we're all going to get, just get kicked out of here. So I said, let's, uh, let's commit to do, keeping the mission rules because it's safe too. I, I want to keep you guys safe. Not just about, I get, you don't have strong testimonies. I'm okay with that. Let's just, but let's, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's do what we say, or let's just go home, you know, but I want to be your friend in the meeting. I mean, and so they, they bet this is okay. I'll tell you what, Gary, if you'll let your hair going down to, to touch your ears, and go to the next zone conference we're in we are in because you know i was known as the rule keeper my brother my brothers taught me that before i went on a mission going don't mess around don't 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 sit the fence or they'll you'll you'll get people to talk you out of it all the time well you know i let you know i, I was like if you guys will love me and and we will work together and just uh, figuring out how to just in uh, serve people in this area whatever i'm in so i do that and I thought there's no way in heck that I would be reprimanded. And uh, sure enough, I go to zone conference and my hair's down just a little bit over my ears. And, uh, and one of the APs pulled me aside and said, boy, mission presence is really disturbed with you. You know, you show up to zone conference with a little longer hair <laughs> that touches your ears. And, uh, you know, we were really, you know, we thought you'd be the next AP, but you know, I, I guess you got to do what you got to do. And I'm sorry, Gary, but, uh, you know, you probably, you, it looks like to me, you've taken a different turn <laughs> on your mission. And it was the weirdest thing for me because I was like, I felt like I'd really connected with these three, three guys. And we did. And we become good friends and they became better missionaries. They were starting to work and did it. And it was just a, it was a weird, ex another, another weird experience for me going, whoa, wait a second. What are we really doing here? Because what I think I'm doing, I'm doing right. And all you got to do is get passes that I have my hair touching my ears and I've connected with these boys, you know? And uh, it was a weird experience for me. And it was, and it's interesting that you brought that up. And it was, so again, yes, it always has been important that I learned, you know, I, I just, I've always wanted to connect with people and it's true. And, 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 you know, and, and boy, you know, did I, I get a, a wake, a rude awakening on that one. So, yeah. <laughs> How would you like to wrap this up, Glenn? Uh, maybe a prayer. Do, do you want to say the prayer, Gary? <laughs> I, I don't think Gary knows me well enough to know that I was joking when I said that. <laughs> well, a, actually, I don't know you great, right. but I was pretty sure you were joking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you had one set of it, ad, advice for someone who is um, already transitioned out and already has made the choice, what is the one thing um, that has already made the choice to leave? What is the one thing that you would tell them to help them get to a place of more peace in their life? Oh, you know, they probably got to go through that angry phase. And I'm not, I don't want to take that away from them, you know, but then on the other hand, 
the quicker they can get through that, the better <laughs> is my advice. And uh, don't, I noticed how so much, when I first got out, I was very, I was so much more, and I didn't really realize it until now I'm looking back, I'm going, ooh, I was defensive. They, people around me, cause I have, I have a very Mormon community around me and I would look, I didn't realize I was, but I was looking for ways to be upset about how they were judging me, how, what they would say behind my back. Uh, very, I, I had some very hard things happen with my kids, you know, giving a blessing to my daughter and didn't ever, and didn't say anything to me. And I, I walk out of the bathroom and there they were giving a blessing. And, and that was a very hard thing. I remember crying for two hours about that. Um, I would say, don't let those things tear down your relationship. Just keep loving and uh, being patient with yourself, being patient with yourself and being patient with them. Amen. Amen. Good prayer. Beautiful. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, thanks, you guys. I really thanks, appreciate Gary. what you're doing. You know, it's so important. It's so needed. We need you to be doing this for us. <laughs> and thank you. So thanks. Gary. Well, thank you for your contribution, for sure. Uh, thank you again, Gary. Stan. All right. Take care. Thanks, guys. Bye. We'll I release control and surrender to the flow of love that will heal me. Thank you for listening to the Empowered Former LDS Podcast. Now, if you found today's episode interesting or valuable in any way, please share it with someone that you care about. You can also give us a five-star rating and write a review on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you use. You can find Wendy and Glenn at the Empowered Former LDS group on Facebook, 3.1 thousand members strong, where you can also discuss this episode with others and sign up yourself to share your own story and thoughts about empowerment on this podcast. Thanks again for listening, and remember... Wherever you're at, whatever is going on, you got this.